the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round one on round one we say good morning to scott reed ctv political commentator advisor to prime minister paul martin deb hutton is here former advisor to two ontario premiers now in private practice and jerry agar from the jerry agar show nine to noon on news talk 1010 let's start with um i don't know that we can necessarily call it radical, but some reform is coming to school boards in Ontario. Uh, Deb Hutton, it couldn't happen a moment too soon. I'd rather we just burn them all down. School boards? Yeah. I'm with you, John. My God, this does not go far enough for me whatsoever. We uh, The problem with school boards is that it actually waters down accountability. So the school boards point the finger at the provincial government, the provincial government points the finger at the school boards, and nobody is accountable either for results or for how they spend their money. So unfortunately, while there's some great stuff in Minister Lecce's announcement, I wish he had gone that one step further. Yeah, and I actually think, I mean, I don't know where you stand on school board reform, Scott Reed. But um, this government would have a mandate if it said, you know what, that's it, no more boards. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> I think there'd be a lot of unintended consequences. And look, we know that conservatives in office provincially love to beat up on on school boards. Maybe that's deserved. Maybe it's not. But I think we're missing the big picture with this. Um this piece of legislation, I think that the real estate provisions are where the real story is. And I think it's another example where this government is like, you know what, we're actually just going to take the wheel on this. And, you know, if you don't know what the question about the Ford government is, if your ears are plugged when the question is asked, yell out, lining the pockets of developers, and you're probably going to be correct. And I suspect that's what's going on here. Although, Jerry Agar, I'd like to see a lot more projects like one that happened north of Eglinton, where they allowed a school to be, if I'm, if memory serves, demolished so that a condo could go up and the condo had to build a new school. Okay, that sounds like a reasonable way to go. And I would disagree with Scott. The government is not seizing power. The government has the power. All the power is vested in Queen's Park in this province, much more than it should be uh, with municipalities. And that famous thing that uh, John Tory said, having to go in short pants to Queen's Park to get permission or get money or something. It's, um, it, I don't think that that's the way a province should be set up, but uh, it's not up to me. And it is set up this way. And therefore, they have the power. Uh, and realistically, the school boards have brought it on themselves. I mean, York and Peel not uh, getting the job done when it comes to dealing with issues of race. Parents are frustrated as years go by and they don't do anything. And then famously, Halton, who couldn't seem to, they're paralyzed by an individual who was punking them and I think mocking trans people with weather balloons under his shirt. Whatever happened to them anyway? Anyway. To, to what? The weather balloons? Yeah, no, I don't no, know. I don't care about the weather balloons. I'm I'm trying not to misgender our substitute teachers. He's a guy. Okay, he was recently uh, videotaped walking around without the weather balloons. Okay, Toronto could lose a federal riding, and I know everybody loves to hate Toronto, but Scott Reed, we're the biggest city in Canada. We deserve proper representation in Ottawa. Yeah, every time there's. Um riding redistribution, it just turns into a giant bun fight because nobody ever wants to lose a riding. Nobody wants the riding boundaries to change. Incumbents hate it. Uh, sometimes potential candidates hate it. In this case, you've got the acting mayor hating it because you know, we seem to be dropping a seat. Our representation, all told, doesn't actually alter. But 
You know, it's it's difficult on the face of it for me to understand why the largest city in the country, a city that's growing by like 100,000 plus at minimum, that's probably an understatement, each and every single year, would end up with fewer representatives in the House of Commons. I know we, it's not a pure system because we have to allow for places that have less population and make certain that they've got fair uh, representation, but it's a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, Jerry, Agar representation by riding varies from the smallest, 36,000, actually it's 26,000, to the largest, which is 170,000. So uh, not exactly evenly distributed. Well, then is the, every once in a while they have to be redrawn. Is that how it works? I think, but do, why would the liberals... should be one riding. What? PEI should be one riding. Yeah, one riding. That's it's right. It's four. Um, okay, but isn't that what Scott's talking about in terms of you're trying to make some allowances for smaller places to not be big-footed by um, basically Toronto and, uh, well, yeah, Toronto and Quebec. Um, but why are the Liberals trying to squeeze out Michael Cotto? I don't know. That's They're I- not. It's an independent <laughs> process. It's got nothing to do with politics. Oh, right. Okay. It is. It's apolitical. It's a bunch of, that's partly the reason that it seems stupid is that it's people that don't have enough appreciation of political implication. Yeah. It's unlike the Americans where the wards and writings are drawn by, deliberately bipartisans. Deb Hutton, last word on this one. I remember learning the word gerrymandering when I was in high school, I think, uh, to talk about how ridings were distributed. Here's my only thing. Back under Mike Harris, we went to a system in Ontario that matched the federal boundaries. And then under Doug Ford, we went to a system in Toronto that matched the provincial and federal boundaries. So I actually don't care whether we're at 24, 25, 26. There is a system, as Scott says, we should stick to that system of figuring out the numbers and, and making a few allowances for odd places like PE. But I, what I don't like is what the provincial liberals did, which is, oh, well, let's just add a seat because we feel better about that. Stick to the principle here in Toronto, federal, provincial and municipal, all the same riding boundaries. And again, I don't really care what they look like. Um, the whole country is bracing for the calamity and humanity of a civil service strike. Um, Scott Reed, you actually served in the federal government, so maybe you can give us an impression. I go through the list of what we're going to not be getting from the civil service, and it seems, for the most part, they're still going to be working. Well, I'm very, very worried that this may affect my ability to pay taxes and i just hope i just hope that nothing gets in the way of me being able to empty my pockets uh for the federal coffers i you know my bet is i I think that justin trudeau's best friend when it comes to these negotiations is doug ford because ford ended up settling with qp for about 3.6 percent that gives them a lot of range they're trying to take a tough line unions want four and a half trudeau's offered two my guess is we'll get a last minute agreement that's around three, three and change, maybe able to be staggered, give a little bit more, maybe extend a year. Um, but, you know, I don't, at, at worst, we're going to get one or two days. I don't think we're going to end up in one of these sort of 1978, 1979 sort of labor strikes where the country is literally ground to a halt. I just don't think that's in the cards. Deb Hutton, I can't think of a more fortuitous thing than for employees at the Canada Revenue Agency to be going on strike just as we're supposed to be handing in our taxes. Yeah, I listen, I think these guys are tone deaf. I really do. For it's not just, you know, four and a half percent. It's four and a half, and then on top of that new number, four and a half, and on top of that, another four and a half. So it's it's well in excess of thirteen and a half percent. And I think that's outrageous, quite frankly. Uh 
what I had the uh, head of the union on last week when I was hosting the the national show, I think last Wednesday, and he said, we're just like everybody else. Well, I got news for him. We're not, they're not just like everybody else because we pay their salary. They have job security that none of us could ever imagine, no matter what we do. And they have pensions that no longer exist for most of the westernized world. So they're not like everybody else. And I say, let them strike and let them stay out there until... I don't know. It gets cold again in the fall. Jerry, maybe my favorite thing in all of this is a memo went out to uh, union members telling them that they had to actually go to a picket line. They couldn't do it from home. <laughs> they can't pick it by Zoom. Yeah. Okay. Other than that, I, what she said. What she said. That is my analysis also. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily debatable, but it's uh, interesting. The uh, Russian cargo plane is, uh, has been at Pearson since the beginning of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And, Jerry, now it's going to be given to the Ukrainians, even though it's Russian-owned. Yeah, the headline said something about the, that the Ukrainians are going to seize it. Well, they can't really do that. So it would have to be gifted. We're going to give in, it to them. Yeah, in a sense. Do they have to pay the parking fee, though? Because that's over a million dollars by now, isn't it? Well, that's or what maybe I'm... it isn't. It's $1,000 a day or something. It's $1,000 a day, yeah. Uh, Deb Hutton, there's something just kind of satisfying about this. Yeah, it's all very symbolic. But I'll tell you, my kids are going to be disappointed because every time we go out that way, we check to see if the plane is still there. Yeah, Scott Reed, I drove past it by accident, and what a behemoth. It's quite something. Yeah, and, you know, I flew in last week on one of those low-discount airlines, and I think I was parked further away than the Russian plane was, actually. Um, so um, I, I'll be glad if they can, uh, you know, open up the, uh, the, the the strip there. So um, I, you know, what can you say? It is an aggressive move, by the way, to, you know, I mean, to say, yeah, sorry, we're taking it and we're giving it to uh, the people you're uh, you're fighting. Uh, I like it, but it's, it's pretty aggressive. Yeah, actually, just to echo what you were saying, though, Scott, I have flown in on a small plane to Pearson, and I'm pretty sure we arrived in Milton. But anyway, um, girls... Did you have to walk? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it goes on forever. If you want an appreciation for how big that airport really is, yeah. you, you go on one of those things where you go down little steps and you walk across the tarmac and then you go in and you think, I'm in. No, no, you got to go down this hall. No, then down this hall. Then down this hall. And I think I could be home by now. So I never used my passport ways, twice. Jerry? I was crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Deb, were you trying to get something in? No, I just said, is it uphill both ways, Jerry? Yes. Oh, yes. And, and <laughs> in bare feet. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it snows in there. I don't know why. Carrying somebody on your back. Yeah. Girls are dropping out of sports and have been for a long time. And now somebody did a study and they found out one of the principal reasons, one of the drivers of this is girls don't like the outfits they have to wear to do sports. Deb Hutton, you got two young uh, women and young girls. Uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, I think this is ridiculous, um, and it should be a wake-up call to all organized sports. Uh, it's archaic thinking. Like, I just... Body image is such a... a difficult thing for girls, all because of what we've done society-wise and social media-wise and all of the things we've all talked about in the past. I, I just, it, the worst part of this is that girls in sport is the most empowering thing in the world. And so to have something included in that that makes them want to shy away from it is awful. My youngest is in a basketball league and, and the entire mantra is, you wish you could play like a girl. And the coach is all about girls actually uh, he prefers coaching girls because they are much more attentive and they're much more team players and it's just the most wonderful experience for my eight-year-old 
And then you read this, like, wake up, organize sports, and, and just get out of the old mindset. Yeah, Scott Reed, the, you know, exhibit A in this whole thing has to be beach volleyball, and the women are compelled to basically play in bikinis. Yeah, it's, it, it is uh, ludicrous. It seems like it's designed to be alluring or, you know, lecherous or um, half predatory as you watch. But, you know, I can remember when I was a kid, like in Prince Edward County, the boys would get to play soccer and the girls would play field hockey. Worst sport in history, field <laughs> hockey. And they had to wear skirts. They had like little polyester skirts they had to strap on in order to play field hockey. And, uh, you know, even, you know, way back in the mid 1970s, even in Prince Edward County, the girls were saying uh, this this blows. We're not for this. Well, and don't forget ringette instead of hockey. Jerry. Oh, God. I was just thinking when bikini pickleball is going to be a big sport. Um, I, All about I, pickleball. These days. I don't understand why anybody has an issue. Was it the Belgian team where the women came out to play beach volleyball and they wore shorts? And obviously athletes want to wear something that isn't limiting to their movement. So uh, it isn't like they want to come out there in a parka. But but I, 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 I don't understand why anybody makes an issue out of it if a team says, well, we're going to wear shorts. Thank you all. Good to have you, Scott Reed, Deb Hutton, Jerry Eggard. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.